1: back to the actual Doton. It is Tuesday afternoon. As our tagline says, this is a big week beginning for Celtic. We know who we'll face next week in the Champions League. Obviously that draw happened last Thursday. I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, but first up will be Ross County in the Premier Sports Cup. Then we've got that small matter of the first derby game of the season. And on this Tuesday lunchtime, I am joined by Natasha and Patrick, um, how are how are you both doing after our 9-0 thumping at the weekend?
2: Good, yeah, I don't know, there's just something about a, a game like that that really just sets you up for the whole week, doesn't it? It's not just the win and the three points in the bag, but the manner of the win, the record-breaking goals, the way in which you played. Um, yeah, it just sets you up for a, a good week, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and it is going to be a, hopefully a good week. Um, I'd imagine, Patrick, the players will probably return Training today, if they had the day off yesterday, it's kind of the norm after a game, um, and they'll be going through their paces for Ross County. This is the first time Celtics played midweek in a long time, which seems a bit strange, obviously, with we that wee bit of a lull towards the end of the season, uh, just you know, back there, April May time. Patty, do you think playing Wednesday, Saturday probably suits us better? Um, and you don't maybe get that chance to look at, at stuff as much as maybe the training methods and all that hard work's been done, and Celtic are right. Ready to get into things now?
3: Yeah, I think it suits Celtic in particular. You, you get into a rhythm because you know usually for us it's it's July until a bit March time that you're in this sort of Wednesday, Saturday or Thursday, Sunday as it was the past few years. But um, no, I think it suits us a lot better because you know I I think Angie even said in that open goal interview you know you can sort of work them too hard in training and then then by the time you get to the Saturday, a bit like that Harps game where uh, we won two nothing it gets a bit. I don't know, a bit loose and a bit sloppy and maybe, you know, there's a bit too much time in the training pitch. But um yeah, I think it suits us, you know, guys at our level to play, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, just sort of keeping the rhythm, keeping the momentum up. Um And, you know, as you say, it's the first time we've played midweek since we won the league at Tannadice back in May.
1: Yeah, that's correct, that Thursday night up uh, in um, the, the Tasha, you know, as Patrick says... Uh, it probably does suit us and we've got a big squad to do it now and you're going to probably see that squad starting to use to full effect we'll come on to Ross County tomorrow night up in Dingwall but you know we look a lot stronger than we were even going back to, to that point and maybe we've, we've added eight additions but we'll come on to transfers later on but I even think that um, with the game say at Hamden against Rangers in the Scottish Cup semi-final the Celtic team might have just came to their peak um, before we maybe even played that game it's a possibility
2: Yeah definitely, I think they're looking in very good form, so sharp in the in the season, um, which is nice to see it has shown the real benefits of having Anjin for a proper pre-season we know he was in for the last pre-season but we also know how much working he had to do during that time just in terms of the overhaul that there was, so he didn't have the sort of pre-season that he's had this pre-season Um And wow, we're absolutely reaping the benefits from it now because we have fully hit the ground running here and it just given us a flavour of what this squad are capable of, if this is what we're doing, you know, four or five games in. Um, And you know what, that that result, as incredible as it was, you know, that sort of 9-0 record-breaking... Victory. I don't think too many people would have written off a result like that happening, you know, in the net and sort of relatively soon this season. I think all the warning signs have been there. I think the team are showing that they're absolutely capable of doing that to a team. Um, And Dundee United just came at the right time given the sort of, you know, difficult period that they're going through. I think they've just fallen victims to, you know, the circumstance of us being playing the way that we are and them having the issues that they've had going on recently. It was just sort of, you know, the perfect storm for us in terms of what, what we did there. And there has definitely been, you know, a few calls at the start of the season of, will we see a, a double digit victory this season? And to get so close to it already is just really exciting. Um, it's very much, you know, showing the the way that Ange likes to play football, this Ange ball that we've we've come to love, that free flowing, fast paced, attacking football. And, um, It'll just be interesting to see how that fares in Europe now and we'll come on to talk about that. But I'm certainly really pleased with the way the team are looking at this stage of the season.
1: Yeah, we will come on to talk about Celtic. In Europe, we've obviously played five league games up until now. This will be our first test out with the, the SPFL Premiership tomorrow night. So we'll see how that works. Ian's come in in the comments here to say, using the squad at Axeom too. <laughs> we sure are. Lawrence has joined us. Lawrence, good afternoon. Um... To, to come on to what we're talking about there with this Celtic squad, it's probably going to get used to its full um, you know, benefit in, in the next few weeks. I, I had a conversation coming down on the, the bus from Tannadice and Sunday with somebody and I said, I don't think that'll be the first time this season that a team gets an absolute doing off us. We threatened it last season. We beat Dundee and St Myrne 6-0 early on. Towards the end of the season, obviously, we hammered St John's 7-0, they absolutely thrashed Motherwell in the last day of the season. I, I still think you'll probably see a, a few more of these uh, big scorelines for Celtic to come over the course.
4: Yeah. I mean, but listen, but the United were fully like competitive the first 20 minutes. You know, then their heads went down with a bit of a collapse. I suppose it depends who other teams play against us if they, if they try and part the bus. We've started adding goals from set pieces. Maybe that's be a bit of benefit at uh, time spent in the training ground now and, you know, and working with players longer. But, So, like, you you know, you've got goals coming from all over the park now. So, yeah, we we expect to see some big scores, as Jared predicted last year. He said the second season gets even better. And so it's proven to be so far.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, That was a thing. I think every Aussie and and Japanese-based journalist who's told us that are probably reaping the rewards of that, Patrick, because I think it is going to happen. And probably, you know, we can go back to Sunday here. You know, Dundee United's obviously departed ways with Jack Ross the this morning that was announced. Um, you know, I saw a certain put up a tweet talking about knee-jerk reactions that the board and director up there had, had spoken about Jack Ross's credentials as a manager and blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't, you know, uh, move at any kind of knee-jerk reaction. Is it the word that they use? I don't think Dundee United's going to be the first team to get a doing off Celtic this season. I think that's going to maybe become a bit apparent for a few teams in the league.
3: Yeah. Um, I just don't think it helped Jack Ross that it's his second down within a month, you know. I think I think he was three nothing down at half time against AZ and then to go out and lose another four. And then the same with Celtic, he's four nothing down already, then he loses another five, you know. I think he obviously doesn't know how to sort of close shop when you're getting beaten, you're getting humiliated because it, it just seems to get worse second half. So you can kind of understand where Dundee United have come from there, but it's it is a bit early in the season. But I totally agree with with the rest of you, I think, you know, there could be another doing, you know, even if it's just, I, I'm going to say, even if it's just six or seven, that's still a pretty impressive result, but it's less than nine, obviously, and I can see us taking, you know, five or six off a few teams this season, um, fingers crossed, and, you know, another impressive start is we've only conceded one goal this season, um, and that was a corner uh, early in the second half at Ross County, so it's all, it's all boding well so far.
1: Yeah, and that was a game obviously Moritz Schoen's made his debut He scored in the game um, He might have just, you know It was a bit his introduction to Scottish football He's lost his man there um, You know, we can allow for that mistake Since his goal scoring record's been pretty decent uh, After that, Natasha Two men in everyone's lips just now Are obviously Kyogo and Abada We'll come to Kyogo first Since he get his hat-trick um, Out the two of them Obviously first in the game uh, we heard a former Celtic and Rangers striker in sports scene say that you know about this offside rule whether it's just luck or what. I think it's just really intelligent play that it lets to play. Keep up with them, um, and I think you'll you'll see him do this in the Champions League too. But we've obviously got the semi automated ball introduction at the Champions League, which will judge when players are offside him up, but. Kyogo's not touching the ball, he's not interfering with play, he's just meeting his, his position right because he knows that the, the defenders will eventually catch up with play and he'll be in the right position with nobody around him
2: That's it, it's not luck come on, it's just really intelligent play um, and Kenny should know that as, as a striker, maybe he never had that in his locker but Kyogo is just a very intelligent footballer and and as alluded to it before as well, it's not just his goal contribution to the team, it's the positions he gets himself into, his movement off the ball, that's so, so effective for our forward line. And we saw that in abundance against Dundee United. Again, how many of our goals were scored by that square ball across the six-yard box? And it's because of the movement of our front three, particularly Kyogo, that's making those balls possible. So it is, for me, just really intelligent forward play. Um, I think... Kyoko is, again, just another player who seems to keep getting better and better. He just gets on with his job. He scores the goals. He makes that space for his teammates through this movement. um, And the way he's leading the line at the moment is just absolutely fantastic. We've obviously got Giacomacchus to to come back in. He was unwell against United And suggested that he'd be back for Wednesday. Um, but Kyogo's not the sort of player who's going to want a break. He's going to want to continue playing. He's going to want to continue scoring goals. But Jackie Jachimakis is going to be wanting to push for that position. Um, so it's a very good problem for Ange to have. And um, We obviously listened to, or I'm sure a lot of people have listened to the the open goal interview with Ange where he's talking about that Kyogo-Jachimakis debate, which is something he's, he's sort of referred to before. And, you know, he doesn't see it always as, as one or the other it doesn't always have to be that, it's just he's got a group of players available to him, Kyogo and Jakimakis are just two of those, and who plays just depends on the game, it depends on the opposition, it doesn't need. once game's particularly going to be and another's going to be Kyogo, perhaps they can both play together, and that's just a great position to be in, to have that strength and depth, particularly in the forward line and these players who can sort of rotate through positions, and now we've gone and added um, Hashkobanovic to that as well, so Another player vying for a position and um, we obviously caught up with him at the Fan Media press conference yesterday and he really recognises how hard it's going to be to get into that team, um, particularly in the back of nine goals and that, you know, bad and Kyogo both scoring hat-tricks. He said he likes to play on the left or as a number 10 um, and he, you know, jokingly said that his way of, you know, making sure that he's getting his part of that squad is to score four goals so again, healthy to have that competition, healthy to have them all fighting for position and particularly with games you know of the calibre coming up in the Champions League with ties against Real Madrid up for grabs, all these players are going to be vying for position um, and it's great that we have so many quality players doing that
1: yeah, no, absolutely. We've got plenty of quality there. And obviously, I think, had has been probably fit at the weekend, you would have saw him yes. come on in the game. And the way we were playing it, i have got his goal. But yeah, I think that's a real good point, Natasha. And I'll come to you in on this one, Lawrence. You know, those balls that we do play across at six-yard box are just so, so hard to deal with. And at times, the passing's so slick and the movement's so good that it just happens for Celtic. And again, you're seeing guys like Abada come in for his first start. Obviously, scored the hatchet, but before that, he's making those runs out in that right, right-hand side area, and the ball's coming in, and it's just so, so hard for defences to to deal with. And adding Aksebani to, to that dilemma just puts us in a really, really good place going forward this season for Ange Postecoglou.
4: Yeah, I mean, we're a very quick team going forward. You know, we're playing a lot of one-touch stuff. It's hard for defenders to pick up and you know to get set because the, the balls get passed about, then it's wide and it's it's not across the box. It's obviously something they're working on in training. You, you know, getting these balls in and either Joe goes in the middle or your centre falls in the middle or, or your wingers coming out at the, the back post. So, no, it's paying d- dividends. It's something we, we saw in a few games last season, you know, from Abada, bad, uh, these back post runs and either getting the run in somebody for a head or, 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 or just appearing out there and, and touching it in. So, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's very much building on the work of last season. Uh, the players are getting used to playing like this and what's expected him, but I think you know speed wise uh, and it's definitely an upper level this season you know uh, the one touch is having it a lot better uh, and I think the depths are a bit better I mean I thought Moy was brilliant when he came on in midfield you know some of, the, some of his through balls were just they were outstanding you know he, he's starting to get more minutes in his legs and you have seen the dividend from that uh, and let Callum play play further forward which, which is another benefit uh, Rio's looked brilliant in midfield before his injury and, and at the weekend yeah fantastic again so you know if you're the opposition yeah, you know, it, it's a real problem of the danger man because out that front section like, you know every one of them is going to hurt us
1: Yeah, absolutely anyone could turn you a bit welcome on to Aaron Moy because I think he does deserve a wee bit of a chat through especially with that ball he plays to Diza for a bad as, I think that's for a bad as hat-trick um, but it's 6-5 and five, goal is. Five goals in six games. No, six goals in five games for Kyogo, Patrick. Um, you know, I think he's going to score an absolute barrel this season if he remains fit. He obviously got 20 and that was, you know, missing from January till April. He was in and out for a wee bit towards the end of December. But, you know, I think he really came to light in that League Cup final. If there was any kind of doubts that anybody had, I think we all knew that he was a quality player. But if there was any doubt in his ability showed call it in that game with his goals, and his second goal at the weekend is absolutely phenomenal.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a goal of the season contender in every game at the minute. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, Jota's got two. Um, you've obviously had the overhead kicks against Kelly as well, and then you've got that one. And it's going to be a stiff competition for, you know, goal of the month for August, never mind goal of the season. Uh, and obviously, no doubt in Kyle Go's ability. ability. You, you've got a situation where you could have both... Strikers getting thirty goals this season because every time Yakimakis comes on, he seems to get a goal as well. You know, he got he done it against Hearts done it against Colmarnock.
1: Would have done it at the just, weekend as well there, wouldn't he have?
3: Aye, to get the tenth, aye. Would have done, he would have. Um, if it wasn't for that onus. But it's a fantastic position to be in. I mean the, the chances that we're creating for uh, players, I think we had something like th- and I think on SportsCene it said we had thirty-one attempts and thirteen were on target. So when you're given guys of that quality, those sort of chances, um, you are going to end up with these high score lines. Um, but I, I think you know there, there's definitely no doubt in Kau's abilities now. Definitely, my opinion, the best striker in Scotland. Um, and obviously we've seen turned up in those big moments in the League Cup final, as you said.
1: Yeah, and you know all that debate around the uh... Joe to be in the best league in Scotland I think probably Hugo Farahashi wants a bit of a word with him too Um, Natasha obviously we had the opportunity to to speak to him last week at Celtic Park after the the Champions League draw we all got on to talk about the Champions League draw he does seem like a very grounded individual and you know I think he knows getting into these Champions League games how how big a chance it is for for him to shine you know he's not a young player Um, he's one of the older guys in the the, the squad which I think is kind of easy to forget about um, and I do imagine he's going to hit a barrel load but we are talking about
0: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
1: An older player, a younger player, obviously one of the youngest players in our squad is Liela Abada. And again, you know, last season, 15 goals, 11 assists already. This season, four goals and one assist. This boy has a really special talent. And with every game, he just continues to improve. His intelligence And um, for a young player is absolutely phenomenal.
2: It really is Um, and I think again he's one who's just going to improve over the course of the season and what I like about him is that he takes every chance he gets in terms of game time on the pitch he knows again like we've discussed that there's a lot of competition for those places given the number of games that we're going to be playing there is going to be rotation and his job is to make sure that when it's his turn when he gets his chance he absolutely grabs it with both hands and I mean just look at his performance um, and the goals he got against Dundee United that is really a player grabbing his opportunity with two hands and saying to the manager you can't drop me you know you need to be starting me I'm playing the games against Rangers I'm playing the games against Real Madrid um, and I like that. I like his work ethic. I like his determination. Um, and something else I liked about Abada was, you know, his willingness to come out and take, you know, the, the post-match press conference as well, or the interview um, immediately after the game. For someone that young, whose first language is in English, to come out and, you know, put your, yourself forward for that that live interview. Again, as, as a confidence, I, I like about the guy um, and a willingness to put himself up for that and to, to speak about the game great, great, you know, good for him, he seems to be settling really well into the squad, he seems to be a really liked member of the team, so yeah, for for a bad, uh, brilliant last season and only getting better this season.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm sure we'll see him feature even more for Celtic. And some of our commenters are coming in to say here, Alan Robertson, about that. His quality, his stats are outstanding for a 20-year-old. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure you'll see a lot more of him. And again, it just shows you how good the depth is in the, the, the squad. Just now, at Celtic. Lawrence, I want to come to you on Carl Starfield. It was his first appearance for Celtic since we, you know, that, that 6-0 mauling of, of Motherwell and then trophy day. Um... And then he might be even in the phone, Carl Starfield, to, to talk about that. But Carl Starfield, he got his goal again at the weekend. It's becoming a bit of a regular occurrence, the headers. Do you think that's him in now for the big games and we're back to this partnership?
4: Uh, yeah, I think Andrew will go with him just because they've got more experience at the back. I prefer, from what I've seen of Jens, I prefer him. I think he's more of a threat in the box, but, you know, the Starfield got two this season. You know, he's certainly improved immeasurably on last season's numbers of goals. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I think Starfield's going to come in. Uh Andrew's on record; doesn't like to tinker too much with the defence. You know, some really big games we've got coming up. I, I think he's going to go with more with tried and tested than with, with putting Jens in Although, you know, I think Jens looks more natural at, at left hand side of the defence. I think he's probably more accurate as well. You know, he's, he's, he's what six four studs. Starfield's six foot. So yeah, but I, I think Starfield's that, that's on back in p- position, and I think it's going to be Iuranić, Karavikas, Starfield, and Taylor. That's just going to be kind of settling the now. Yeah,
1: but we'll, we'll come on to that kind of later on. But just very quickly, just a yes or no from both of, both of you guys. Patrick, is it Starfield back in now? I think so. Yes, Natasha.
2: Yes. Hello. Yeah, yeah uh, yes. I know it
1: was a yes or no, so I've said yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah I, I was of the opinion that I thought if it, Jens played at Tanadice it would be likely that he would be the man in to go for these games, but I think obviously Ange knows what he gets from these two as a pairing um, and get be back in and it was good for him to get those minutes under his belt. But listen, we've all come on to talk about Ross County, you might see Moritz Jens introduced for that game once again to use the squad a bit, but um, that, that's us in and Dundee United, apart from uh, Aaron Moy, I want to come to yeah. you with Patrick. Um, he came on at the weekend. He's been needing minutes. You know, Ange admitted that. He admitted that himself when he spoke to the the, the press when he came in. And with minutes, has become a very very good player. That Ange Postecoglou knew everything he was getting with him having already, you know, had him um, as a player under him and the the national setup as Australia and and I do think possibly Wednesday might be the the chance that Adam Moy gets his first competitive start for Celtic. he'll
5: take.
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I can see a few changes for Wednesday. But, you know, he played really, really well. And you can see it's getting better. You know, he can be a bit maybe off the pace. I mean, he's only on the pitch for 15, 20 minutes when he does come on. So, you know, it's it's easy for a substitute to be off the pace a wee bit. But he, was, he done really, really well um, on uh, on Sunday there. And, you know, the, I think it's the eighth goal we're talking about when uh, Maeda and Abada and stuff. At least two of those guys are uh, on the substitute bench most weeks because usually if Maeda plays, Abada doesn't. Um, and if Abada plays, obviously, on Sunday there, Maeda was on the bench. So yep. it's a fantastic goal because the one from Maeda takes a left-back away and then Abada can get in. It's And it's a brilliant finish. But, you know, just on Aaron Moy, um, you know, I think the only problem I maybe raised on here when we signed him about a month ago or two was his age, and I think that was the only problem most Celtic fans had with him, because you know he played for Brighton, Huddersfield, and the national team, so he's a quality player. It's just you know being thirty-one, and I think you know he's proven his doubters wrong. Um, and I think if he does start, which I think he will on Wednesday, mm. um, I'm sure he'll, he'll he'll absolutely boss it.
1: Yeah, um, you know, there's so much creativity, Natasha, in that Celtic midfielder They've not even spoken about Matt O'Reilly, Real Hitati, Callum McGregor. But I just thought Aaron Moy was one to pick out. Just, you know, he's been one who's not a delight really shown on him. We could probably do a whole podcast and the, the three I've just mentioned there. I, again, top, top performances from those guys at the weekend. But I think with Aaron Moy, you, you, you've got a player in here that's going to add you something to the squad that we needed, especially with the departures and their beat on and, and Tom Rogic and he's an intelligent football player and he does the basic things so so well. Um, you know, you expect your midfielder to pick out your own player, but he always sits again in the white jersey and he's ball at the weekend to hit Maeda but that pass, you know, if done the Dundee United team went already, zapped it just takes it the whole team with that pass.
2: Yeah, it does. I was really impressed with Adam my. I think what he offers in the middle of that park, in the middle of the park compared to the players that you've mentioned, is something different. He's a different type of player to, to that type of player. Um and it's his range of passing for me that sort of differentiates him from the others in terms of that he's got that sort of game. He's not the quickest, that's fine, but he's got these inch perfect passes, these long range passes, which we don't tend to see so much from the other players that we've we've mentioned. And he, you know, he gets stuck in into. We saw a bit of that. I think for me where his value is gonna be in terms of the the squad and the setup that we've got is, you know, more as a squad player, a substitute who comes on perhaps in the second half of games into that number six role as we're trying to sort of see games out. Um and then he's gonna be particularly effective when the opposition are pre- probably, you know, tiring after chasing players like Hatati and Abahada and Maeda and Kyogo all game. Then you bring on someone like Aaron Moy, who's going to be getting pressed a lot less, he'll have more time on the ball, and he can ping these long passes that just, like you say, absolutely zap the energy out of of a team who are already tired in that second half. Um, and it's balls like the ones that he played to Maeda like we've touched on that, that are just going to be that sort of different thing that he brings to to the middle of the park. And I'm I'm excited to see more of him. I'm not I'm not entirely sure he starts on Wednesday, to be honest. Um, I think he might get game time in the second half but I'm not sure that he's a starter. We can come on and discuss what we think the team will look like, but I think we're more likely to see, you know, maybe a player like Turnbull come back into the squad. Um, I don't think McGregor will get, you know, any rest time. So I'm not sure there's a place for Moy to start. It'll be interesting, Um, but I think he will definitely get some sort of game time on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, and the more game time for him, the better, I think, going forward for for Celtic just now. Um, Talking about Lille Labada probably brings us on No, actually, Lawrence, I think we should probably touch on this because Dermot Gallagher gets his ref watch on a Monday in Sky Sports. We'll do your ref watch on this one. And one of our commentators has mentioned that Paddy's come in to say, one minute, extra time for team substitutes. Now, Lawrence, um, before you get your part on this, you know the referee's job is not to be uh, emotionally attached to a game of football. It's to play by the rules fairly. If that was 1-0 or 0-0, Taylor team he'd have been adding on four or five minutes with the amount of subs that happened I don't know where he gets one minute from
4: yeah ridiculous decision yeah you know Celtic could have set a record score You could have beaten an all-time record score within, you know, if they play five minutes extra you know so those players on the park have been cheated out of the chance to set an all-time record score there it's it's just baffling you know especially when they said listen we're going to be make it a bit clearer 30 seconds per goal 30 seconds per sub, so as we know way exactly how much it should be and there's a bit of clarity about it. So they seem to have brought it out and then the ref just ignores
1: it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And obviously, as you touched on there, four goals too in the second half. So I don't know where he gets that from. There's probably a reason why I think McLean only refereed one Celtic game and that was a, a League Cup game against Rafe's Rovers last season. I just think it's you know a, a bit of a strange one, as I say. I don't think his job is to be emotionally attached to the United or any club that's in the, you know, the other end. Nine nil mauling. Um, it's to play the rules fairly, and I think in any other game, nil nil one nil, whatever a tight game, they played a lot more time. But yeah, we want to do the Dermot Gallagher uh, segment there with you, Lawrence, and they, I, they, I totally well, agree what about with
2: the, said. The, the
4: Fletcher booking. I'm thinking that's if it's a fair challenge, you know. It, and it's an accidental collision, there's no booking. But if he's late, you know it's dangerous. He stuns are up, he's kept people head, it's a red card. I just don't even see where a yellow comes in yet from the from the ref. You're either saying you're, the ball's there to be one and it's a fair challenge, it's just an accidental collision. So why are you yellow card again? Yeah, it, uh, it, looked
1: like, it looked like a looked like a sword one to be fair. I look, um, looked late to be. Uh, yeah, and all praise, all praise to Joe Hart for for playing on in that one. That I'm not too sure about the rules around that. Um, it looked, you know, and again, but we're talking about the United earlier on. That goes in. It's a completely different game. I, I think up there another great save from Joe Hart, and well done to him for playing on because if you're only you, five minutes maybe into the game, if your goalkeeper's gone off, and you naturally you're you're a wee bit worried. But he played on, and another clean sheet for Joe Hart. Um, we'll move on to, to Owen Moffat with, with you, Patrick. Um, now, we're talking about Lila Bad there. We've got a player there, 15 goals, 11 assists last season already, four goals, one assist this season. Owen Moffat, 20 years of age, we saw him feature twice in the league last season. He came on came on in the game up in Dingwall when Ralston got that late winner. He played at St Mirren um, in that 0-0 draw when a lot of Celtic fans thought that the league was over and he obviously came on in the League Cup final. We, we saw very little moments of him last season, but his uh, departure to Blackpool permanently has been confirmed today.
3: Yeah, I was quite surprised when I seen that. Um, obviously that was announced <clears throat> about twenty minutes before we came on. Um, yeah, I didn't realise how little game time he had. I thought he played a lot more than that, but obviously you just sort of remember things differently. Um, I'm not too sure. Uh, I thought I thought he was a decent player. Uh, obviously, it's a bit difficult when you've got you know i about six goals in five games or something, and then we've just signed Hatskabanovich, obviously Jota and Maida. you get Forrest and probably um, Mikey Johnson as well, ahead of Owen Moffat. So there is a lot of competition for places. I am um, sur- I think it must have been the player that wanted to go, because I think we'd have tried a loan or something uh, before eventually selling them. But, yeah, just a bit surprised. You know, I wish him all the best. I don't think we are losing anything short term. You never know long-term the type of player he can become. But um, I'm just a wee bit surprised.
1: Yeah, a in interesting one to see how his career develops down south. Natasha, I wish you were taking this one, but I think what Patrick touches on there is a really good point. At 20, he's still playing in the B team for Celtic. He's probably looking at the other wingers ahead of him at the club. And thinking, I've got absolutely no chance here of breaking into that team. Um, And he's maybe just thinking he had to go down south to prove himself. And an offer was on the table for him. He's maybe thought, you know, we've had this conversation before on here that for his career to progress and develop, he just had to make that move away from Celtic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I probably agree with um, what Patrick has said there that maybe a loan move would have been slightly better. Um, Go out and get a little bit more first team experience in a perhaps, you know, sort of more competitive setting than the B teams. Is at the moment um, in terms of like you know the standard of football that they're playing at. I suppose in terms of rather than competitiveness, but yeah, maybe go and try and play at a slightly higher level of football. See how that turns out for them over the course of a season. You know, sadly, and we we don't want to talk about this, but players like you know Jota, Meida, Abada, they're not going to be there forever. So you know, he's only twenty. I know, same sort of similar age to Abada. Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised that he's decided to move on at this sort of earlier stage in his career. But I'm mostly surprised that Blackpool have announced that he's going to be part of their development team set-up. Um, so, you know, he's not going in on his first-team squad there either. So, again, he's going to go... He's really just sort of switching one B team for another B team. Um, maybe his view is that he's got more chance of breaking into the first team at Blackpool with the players they have compared to Celtic with the players we have, Um
6: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Yeah, shame to say go, but, you know, good luck to him. If, if it was his choice, if it was the club's choice, then it is what it is. Um, we're well covered in, in that position.
1: Yeah, we're absolutely well covered but I think there is a, a point to, to be made in that, as you say, probably a deal maybe Celtic would have been looking to do would have been a loan move but you know, ultimately it's probably been up to Owen and Moffat you and know, as you say even though he's got into that development squad doing at Blackpool, he might just see the pathway into the, the first team down there um, a better opportunity for him to, to break in um, and let his career progress but I, I'm sure we all wish him the, the very best and it'll be one to, to keep our eye on um, but yeah, but I think Lawrence kind of feeds back in, but we've spoken about it on here loads and loads of times about pathways into the first team, development into the first team, obviously. I think it was last week or just before that, it was announced that obviously Tommy McIntyre had departed that set up there. the Day and CB McManus now joint um joint coaches of the, the, the B team. I'd be interested to see how they progress this season. Obviously, a, a guy like Johnny Kenny, who did, you'd maybe imagine would have featured quite a lot from. him. He's went out to Queen's Park, so probably some of the, the starlets you'd maybe have picked on that B team have went out loaned what you would describe obviously as a, as a higher level to the Lowland League. But one move that I'm finding really, really interesting just now, and from what I read yesterday, it's back on is Dylan Reid from St Mirren. Um, do, do you think, obviously, I think Angie's said in comments that I've read before on this that, McManus and OD are, are doing, you know, any transfer business like that completely separate from his uh, scouting. But I find that pretty interesting that Celtic's looking that a player that's obviously featured for St. Man's first team. But I'd imagine any deal for Dylan Reid would mean that the 17-year-old would probably go into Celtic's B-team setup.
4: <coughs> you know, it's centre half, you'd think that's where he's going. Uh, I suppose we've talked about it lots of 10-year-old, but know, nothing's true replace the reserve league for the, the standard that they play at or, or, or what the players learn, you know. It was great for bringing players back from injury. You're talking about guys needing minutes. You know, they would get that compared to in the reserve league. It's, it's something we, we need, need to try and solve. Dylan Rege, you'd think it would come in. You know, it, it's, it's probably McManus in a day's job to identify people that's going to add value and, you know, get potential to make it to the first team in the future if they get out and bring them in. You've got to look at it, you know. I suppose on Moffitt's looked at it. I'm surprised he's been in our development squad. I thought it'd be a better option for him. But you've got to look where you're going to get minutes as a player, how you're going to develop. And and for Dylan Reid you know, I'd be surprised if he, you know, he's already played for Sunderland's first team. If if he was to choose Celtic's B team over that, you know, it's kind of. Is that going to be best for his development? Because, you know, you heard Motherwell talking about it a few years ago when they had a lot of young players coming through. The offer they could make to young players is like, you do well in training. You're playing in the Premier League, you're in a team. It's not you're in a B team or, you know, you've got maybe five minutes here and there and you'll get in the match they scored. It. The offer is, you know, you'll get in the team. Which, when we look at players we put out on loan, Christie, Ayer, etc., and he got those minutes in the Premier League, certainly helped him develop. So you, you can see why it's attractive for a younger player to, to go, on, go and get minutes eh, at a decent level. Blackpool development squad, I'm not too sure that's the level, but Natasha said, you know, Moffat maybe thinks he'll, he'll get in that first team quicker. But yeah, but yeah, other Reid, if he comes, I'd be surprised, you know, if he's sw- swapping, potentially starting for St. number. are playing in SPL. Play for a
1: great team would be surprising Yeah it's an interesting when he was left out the St Myrne team at the weekend not even in the squad for St Myrne at the weekend he's featured you know kind of bit part player for, for St Myrne and um, supposedly you know from what I'd read that you know the buddies had accepted that the Celtic bid I think the market has changed a wee bit since then and it was ultimately Dylan Reid who then said no he didn't fancy it but I don't know whether there's been a breakdown within his relationship between him and Stephen Robinson at the club or are just chances that he's going to get that he maybe just sees this as a, a better move and listen, you know, Celtic could bring him in and loan him out to, to wherever obviously we've seen guys like Adam Montgomery who played uh, a, a bit for Celtic last season he's out in loan at St Johnson you've got Liam Skills at Aberdeen um, Johnny Kane obviously I've touched on at Queen's Park and a few other boys out in loan so interesting one to, to, to see and that'll bring us on to, to, to transfers probably just now there's obviously two days to go in the window Patrick we've brought eight players in it's been busy for Celtic, we've certainly improved the squad. Um to think back to that old Peter Lowell quote of, you know, you go into a transfer window and you want to come out stronger for a for a change, we've definitely did that. Um I think any window underhand, we've have definitely did that, even losing guys like Roger and Beaton we've still strengthened the squad. Um he attacks the, the latest guy in Natasha touched on him earlier. I liked his wee quip yesterday when they were asking him how does he get into a team, and you know, yeah. and two players. I think it was boys from uh, four times in a podcast that asked him it, and he said, "Well, if they score three, I'll score four. <laughs> That's
3: quite good, actually. Uh, I it's it, it's It's been a. It's definitely been a good window, you know. Um, I think. There was only a handful of windows under Peter Logwell, where you could definitely say without a doubt before I've always kicked that you came out stronger. Um, you know, we'd obviously won those four trials in a row. But um on the open goal interview, um, you know, Ange said, you know, he's got he's got four or five different winners and they all do different things. And I expect Haxka Hack it will be exactly the same, he'll offer something different completely to the four that we've already got because why well, have two players who can do the exact same job? Um I, it's, it's been a fantastic window overall. Um unsure if we're going to get anyone else in. Obviously Ro, Ro, uh, Ross Barkley's probably the name at the moment. Um I'm not too keen on that personally. Um you know, I don't think he'd be a first team starter and then whether he'd take a wage cut or not, you know, we've seen guys like McCarthy who you think might walk into the team but then end up sitting on the bench for loads of money. Um so I it's been a good window so far. I'd be happy if we never signed anyone else. I think the squad's uh, fantastic, as it is, you know, he, he said as well, you know, two guys competing for every position. You know, when have we ha- ever had that? Uh, you know, it was sort of, Ralston and Ivanovic you had last season and then towards the end, Kyle going Yakimakis. but this season you've truly got two guys in every single position, especially with Burnaby coming into the team now. Um, so, I, I think it's a fantastic window.
1: Yeah, I think Celtic's recruited well in this window. Would be, you know, some players have came in that we've, we've not Known too much about, and once again, you know, Angie's eye for a player works. And again, I found really, really interesting. I read some of Angie's comments in, in James Forrest um, in the press today, and he was talking about how important a player he is in the, the, the dressing room. I know he's a, a player who divides opinion a bit amongst Celtic fans, but um, you know, I think that was in that open goal interview. I read it in one of the papers this morning, and you know, the biggest thing. I, here they said you, you need guys like him and that's why we re-signed him last year so obviously Ange was also a part of getting him back and he said he's still very much a part of the club and even though he's not played a lot of football yet this season he'll play a big part in what we're trying to do and um, when you're building a football team it's not just about the team itself it's about the people you've got in the building and how you can build a culture that's something we've obviously spoken a lot about on here as a culture that Celtic so very interesting Natasha as I've said there's been eight and We've got some of the big earners um, Werner is the part going to come up against in Leipzig and things are dropping it's all fun off on here um, but We've got some of the big earners off the wage bill, Julian's obviously departed we knew that Beaton and Rogic were going to go um, who else do you still think probably needs to, to move out the door for, for Celtic's perspective in terms of wage saving and even for their careers to progress
2: I think the obvious one's obviously a Yeti. Um, I think that we're very much looking to to get him off the books, and like Ange mentioned, whether anyone else comes in is going to be dependent on who's going out. And I think probably the the key person still to to move on is a Yeti. I think we'd also be looking for a move, be that permanent or loan, for Mikey Johnson. Um, so. Those are the two shifts that I think he'll still be looking at. I think he'll still be trying to get something done for them and whether that happens might then make someone come in the way. Um, Whether that's Barkley, I don't know. Like I'm probably Patrick on that one. It's not one that particularly excites me. I'm not sure that he's the sort of player we need. But again, like we say all the time, if Ange thinks so, then I'm fairly on board with it because he doesn't tend to make many wrong calls in terms of the transfer market if any Um, and yeah I I agree with what you know you guys are saying this is a really good transfer window and yes we absolutely have strengthened Um, something that people have have mentioned which Andrew addressed in that interview we've been talking about was well you know two of the key signings were Jota and Carter Vickers. are you really strengthening when they are the same players that were here last season and I really liked his response on that which was they're not the same player from last season. We haven't bought, you know, Jota and Carter Vickers from last season. They're this season's Jota and Carter Vickers, who are only going to keep getting better. And he thinks, as I do, their best games are still ahead of them. You know, So we've got these players in now who have so much potential, who are going to continue improving, who are going to continue getting better um, in terms of what they can offer to the team. So we have strengthened simply by retaining those two players for another season and a season after that and hopefully many seasons after that too. Um, so we absolutely have strengthened and the players we've brought in around that as well, again, really positive about the one that you know we're still excited to see is obviously Hashkibanovic haven't seen what he'll look like yet, the sort of impact he's going to be able to have on the team. So even if we don't bring anyone else in, I think this is a very, very, very good transfer window. Um, whether we do bring Barkley in, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think people have mentioned before, do we need him and Moy and McCarthy? I don't think so. Um, we'll see. But I think if... I had to bet on it. I don't see any more incomings, but I don't see that as a problem either because the squad's in really, really good shape.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Lawrence, what's your take on this? I would agree that we, Natasha on the, the stuff around Jota and Carter Vickers, you know, when the window opened, they were not Celtic players and Celtic did have to, to part with the money, even though if it was in the option to buy. Um, you know, budgets are set. That is how Celtic work. As a football club, we don't tend to, to go out and spend £6 million, um you know, early on in the window obviously that Champions League money was a bonus having it I'm probably still of the the perspective that had Celtic not qualified maybe automatically for the Champions League they would have held back that they have did in previous seasons but I think lessons are starting to be be learned within the building we're we're doing our business early and it's put us in a right good place do do you think there'll be any more incoming signings?
4: listen we're always pretty prudent as a football club you, you know we don't have outstanding bills at the news agents or face painters or anything like that so yeah I think qualifying for the Champions League let's speculate you know and get players in early you know if a Yeti goes Mikey Johnson goes it, it, it will free up some money but you, you may be looking at Scott Robertson who I really like as a player a couple of cracking loan seasons doesn't seem any day, near match they squad. If we got another centre half in, would we like Welsh go because he seems to be dropping down the pecking order all the time? And I don't think he's done anything wrong when he's played, but I'm not too sure, you know, how high up in the, in the manager's plans he is. So I know we've had a couple of bids from him in the past, haven't we? You know, one from Midanese. So
1: yeah, but French teams too have also shown interest in Stephen Welsh.
4: So it, it, it's maybe looking at who's out there and, and who would add value. You know, if you've got a cracking centre half who knows, we we might do that, and, and then say, well, we can afford to move Welsh out, either on loan, because I think he should go on loan, develop, and get minutes in his legs, then come back. You know, I, I really don't know what's going on with Robertson, two cracking loan deals, but he, he's, you know, he's not involved in the match Day squad, and we're we'll talking about bringing in another midfielder and Ross Barkley, who, you know, I think with maybe a wee bit what light and attacking midfielders, I think you could possibly, you know, challenge o'reilly up there if he can get back back to match fitness you know he, he's definitely a decent level of player you know he, he's got the premiership experience i take point you know mccarthy came in he a few injuries you know he still played enough games to get to get a league winner's medal but there was joe hart coming <laughs> you know eh, so it's maybe the two extremes there so Ross Bartley at twenty-eight, I think he will definitely add something to the squad. Uh, I, I've heard that you know the other side of the city are interested in him as well. It, it, you know, it wasn't unknown for Peter Loyal just to sign players, maybe Scott Allen. Yeah. The, the, the other side were it's interested past, in. the past. Yeah. You know, apparently they're interesting. Chris Collins is too. It's, it's, so yeah, I would take Bartley, kind of see see more action happening. You know, I'd definitely like to see a yet to go probably Mikey Johnston go on loan. Uh, and then the other players I met, Robertson, you know what? I don't think it's going to happen for him at Celtic. He's, so probably sell him, get money to reinvest in the squad. Stephen Welsh, you know, if you're getting our centre-half in, put him out on loan, get minutes in those legs. Uh, Remember and, all that UEFA, Stephen,
1: Stephen Welsh, it's going to be important because if you do move Mikey Johnston out, you know, I've talking about this homegrown rule, you are going to need people in there from... Do want to set up the Celtic set up? So there needs to be a wee bit of balance with that. Well, I, do think totally. Ange, I think Ange that's just, why McCarthy stays, isn't it? You
4: know, as well. There's no reason why McCarthy. He, he's, stays. he's part he's of that grown homegrown
1: rule too, because obviously he started out at Hamilton. Absolutely, um, but it's interesting with that kind of feeding into it because that will be, you know, Ange possibly aware aware of that that he needs that role, or you're the man down within your day squad, you know, the Champions League. Um, but but Stephen Welsh, I think he's one who will still get minutes this season. You know, we. I was in the, the post match with Anja after the Aberdeen game. He obviously scored in the opening day, and he said they're a really important part of what he's going to do here. Like, probably what we were saying about Moffat earlier on, you know, mm-hmm. Natasha, you were talking about those forward players, maybe not mm-hmm. being here forever. That could be the case with carter Vickers and other players. So, I think guys like Stephen Welsh are important to, to hang around. Um, if he's happy with, with where he is at the club just now, he's probably, you know, just happy to be part of the Celtics set up. Um, another name in that list that you mentioned there, Lawrence, I think you kind of cleared that. The decks with the guys that are in everybody's tongues is Liam Shaw, obviously out of Motherwell on loan last season definitely don't think Liam Shaw was an Ange Postacoglu's signing, he was in the door before Osazi Urigidi, before Ange was even in the door um, and the big man, who looked fairly okay in Ange's first pre-season don't think it's going to really happen for him at Celtic it might be one who the club looked to to move on, but, but Patrick I think Albin is a man in everybody's lips, you know £5 million he came up here for Two years ago, it's not happened. We was brought to play in a 3-5-2. Angie ain't going to be accommodating. I'll be in a Yeti anytime soon. There has been bites for him. Um, and hopefully he does the part, even if it's just you know a small percentage of his wages getting paid. Because even when you look at Lennox Town clips or images, you don't really see him involved. And much like Chris Julian, I imagine just that Angie's had a word with him and saying, you're not part of the plans here. It's time to go.
3: Yeah, and you know, he was walking about in trophy day with the sunglasses on, not not with a care in the world, you know, he's I don't even know if he's fit, you know, I don't even know if he's back from his injury. Um I've not got a clue because he's just he's never in the in the squad, he's never in training. and um, you don't really hear about him. And he you can absolutely guarantee that he's got, you know, a big a big wage, you know, probably eighteen, twenty grand a week. And I think it was actually you said to me when he first signed, you know, David Moyes hadn't heard of him when he was asked about a Yeti going to Celtic because I don't know who that is. So I think it was doomed to fail for the beginning, really. Um, you know, I, I don't think he ever really impressed, did he, apart from maybe one or two weeks where he got a couple of goals? Just a disaster from start to finish, really. Having Barkas, going to be up there with two of the worst signings we've ever made. But, um, you know, I'm not really selling them to other clubs here, am I? Um, <laughs> He's brilliant, he's actually
1: try fantastic trying to talk him up a bit, he was unlucky until yeah, we'll he that injury it. against Hibs aye, Don't forget, aye. he's has a brilliant a few player
3: goals. Guys. you need to sign him up um, yeah. no. Hopefully he goes and you know, McCarthy you know, I think there was talk of a loan a couple of weeks ago um, maybe at the beginning of August um, that seems to have gone quiet and then, you know, Mikey Johnson as well, was alone to Belgium about a month ago that's gone quiet as well, so I don't know, I think Ayeti's definitely the main one though, need to get, need to get rid of him because he's nowhere near the team
1: Yeah and he's probably the biggest earner that, that's left maybe apart from James McCarthy but I think one of the, the sticking stones is that UEFA match squad probably Natasha James McCarthy and the fact that Celtic got him a free which is probably justifying the wages about and there was even an image that appeared uh, last Friday with Ange giving him a, a good old cuddle at Lennox Town so he seems to be a part of the plans I don't think he'll be moving on probably anywhere but would you agree that Guys like a Yeti probably needs to go, and I think at this point, you know, we've, we've spoken about Mikey Johnson so much. I don't think he was in, Was he on the bench in Sunday, Mikey Johnson? From memory, I, I can't remember. Um, Some details in the comments, but I think for a wee bit of his career to progress, I, I listened to Peter Grant the beat you know, uh and go radio saying that the, the boy needs game time. You know, he's not. He's not like James Forrest, where you know. He's towards the end of his career. He's still very much at, you know, the start of right, the amount of games that he's played, and he does need game time to, to, to possibly, you know, show Ange what he can do.
2: Yeah, that he needs game time regardless of where it is now. You know, Mikey Johnson isn't as young as he was. Um, you know, he's not, you know, a sort of eighteen, nineteen year old trying to break through. Um
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet
2: And regardless of whether that's a loan option or a permanent option, he needs to go somewhere and play football at this stage of his career. It's absolutely vital. I think something we've discussed before is that he's a a confidence player. He gets better with more game time. And he is at Celtic right now just not getting that game time. And there is no real prospect of him getting that game time that he needs with the players that he's got in front of him. So for his own career, his own development, it needs to be a move. Could that be a loan move? like we've touched on, these players move on. Is there then a role for him? Um so does he go on loan, try and get that game time that he needs, get his confidence up and come back, or does he just think that he needs a start somewhere else um, that's gonna into him more game time and a sort of you know relatively more secure basis with a permanent contract somewhere? I don't know, but if I was his agent right now, I'd definitely be looking. And if I was him right now, I would be looking for a move somewhere. And I'm sure Celtic are definitely trying to help with that. Andrew mentioned it relatively early in the window that a loan move for Mikey Johnson was something that he was looking for. So I'm relatively surprised that that's not been sorted yet. Um, But I think the key thing, if it is a loan move for Mikey, I think the key thing is that it needs to be to the right sort of team. And this is maybe something we've discussed here before but there's no point in him going to a team that are going to be on the back foot for, you know, 80, 90% of their games because that's not going to let him develop the way that he wants to develop. If, you know, we're looking at a team who plays long balls and isn't really utilising their wingers, again, that's not the sort of place that Mikey's going to go and develop his football in the way that he needs to. So it's not only about finding him a move, it's about finding him the right move for him as a player with the right team. So maybe, maybe that's, that's been a slight hold-up To be honest, I'm surprised it's not been Hibs. Again, I know they aren't playing the sort of football. I
1: I wouldn't wish that and uh, how it might have been.
2: The only thing that that made me think that that might have been an option was the McGiddy injury. Um, Mm. I don't know even him for the opportunity to go in and sort of take that over from McGiddy while he's injured. Lem for someone like McGiddy might have been a good option for him. Um, But obviously the way that things are going at Hibs at the moment is perhaps why that one's not worked out. But yeah. I hope, we, I hope we find something um, and maybe that's going to be one that we see pushed through in the last couple of days of the window. Maybe we've been looking at options, waiting to see what arises. Other teams have been doing the same thing um, and that'll be one that ha- we see in the next 48 hours.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I think obviously, as you see Natasha, there are pulling up by the end of this week. where, where these players' featured lies. And um, thanks to Patrick, there another Patrick in the comments telling that Mikey Johnson wasn't in the bench um, on Sunday. And again, you know, there's Jackie Mac is dropping out the team due to an illness. It'd probably be the time that Ifa Yeti and Johnson were, you know, part of the plans or, fit or whatever it would be getting that chance in the bench. Due to Jacko dropping out, but but no featured on it. And um, we've got roughly about ten minutes left, so we'll try and touch on. Kempty, Lawrence, um, obviously being up there this season, 1-3-1, eventually got there in the end. Um, do you imagine that Ange will make too many changes
4: for this game? No, I have not think he make too many. He'll uh, make changes during the game, but I, I wouldn't expect to see too many changes to the starting line-up. Um, I'd probably start with Starfield again. I think he's probably needing minutes. You, you know, you got a decent one out. Big Fletcher, you know. He's a decent striker. He gave him a, bit of a workout uh, certainly first twenty minutes, but you know, rotate the team for Wednesday. I think we're a wee bit early for rotation. If we're if we're getting fatigued at this beginning start, you know, part of the season, it, it's a worry. Uh, I don't think it have changed too much, but I think you know, fully expect to see you know all five subs used. I, th- I think Ange. Maybe we need to stop thinking about players getting dropped and. Because he, he uses the fights up real, really well, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. you know, you expect no, I don't think that's a word he's,
1: he uses. It's not in his vocabulary, players getting dropped, is it? It's just a bit yeah. rotation.
4: Yeah, it's it, it, it's somebody like thing. You know he's going to get minutes. You know, Hammer will get minutes. Jakimakus, both of them will get minutes in a game. So, yeah, I expect, expect to, to see him yet again make use of the squad, but I don't think it'll ch- change much to the starting line-up. You know, we're playing a I feel agreed, Ross County. Uh, maybe I'd come out with that a point to prove you know we will feel hard done by in the last game so yeah it'll, it'll be a challenge up there as it always is but I'm sure one that we'll overcome
1: Yeah obviously Patrick it's been a competition that we've been very successful in in recent years I don't think you can underestimate how important it was to, to get the League Cup over the line before d- December um, I think it gave all of us as fans a real happiness and belief again in our team that you know we could go and, and do something and get that league title over the line and it gave obviously a lot of the, the group that the first uh, taste of silver where I think there's a lot of good points in that, that that Lawrence makes there you know players will be given opportunities this season I don't think Antipo Stokoglu has got to say starting 11 um, do you think there will be many changes and I want to just bring in one of our, our comments here from Alan Robertson who's asking do you think that Benjamin Segris should be made our cup goalkeeper. So, build that into what you're going to tell me about what Antiposticoglu is going to do tomorrow night.
3: Um, aye, aye maybe with that head knock to heart, maybe I Segris could play because you know it's a cup game as well. Um, you know, I think he'll stick with the same back four. Um, I think it will maybe be McGregor, Hatate, and Moy in the midfield, and then. You know the front three; it's, it's difficult. While well, you go with Maeda, Abada, I think you have to go with Abada, don't you? Uh, Jota, Kyogo, and Abada. Um, you know, maybe give Yaya Makis a bit more time to come back from the illness. Um, but I, it, it, it has been massive for us. You know, ever since um, Ronnie won it in twenty fifteen. I think there's only been two seasons where we haven't won it, um, which was 2016 and
1: 2021, I think. Yeah, that's right. St St Johnston and was it Ross County that won it the the following season after, right? Aye, they beat Hibs.
3: Aye. Aye. Um, aye. Uh, So, aye. Big competition for us. And I think Ange said at the time, or... I think it was at the end of last season, he said, you know, he wanted to have something to show for it. You know, all that work that he'd done in the first half of the season. And I think he said it was actually like playing two seasons. You know, there was so many games in the first half, it was like playing two seasons and he wanted to have something to show for it. And, you know, we did that um, and, you know, it's a, it's a competition I like because it sort of staggers your season, you've got something to work towards in the first half and you can sort of focus on the Scottish Cup in the second half. Um, and you know, Ross County will be, you know, it's a game that we should be winning if we're near our full strength. So, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, interesting to see what Malcolm Mackay does too. I'd imagine the league might be more his focus at this point in time, with not the, the, the best of starts, uh, the Staggies. But we'll yeah, that goes. Natasha, a lot of commentators are, uh, commenters are coming in and saying four changes for tomorrow night. So, when I'm saying three, What's your are taking this, and just to pick up Jerry Asker as Hak fit to play Wednesday night, I don't think we'll maybe see him for maybe another week to two weeks, possibly. You we might see him featuring the bench at one point, but due to, um, you know, I don't think he's really had a proper pre-season. He obviously but out for that be loan spell at Jurg Gardens in Sweden. I think he's been trading the majority uh, of the time alone, so I don't think you'll see him yet. How many changes do you think we'll make for tomorrow night's uh, visit to Dingwall?
2: It's hard to put a number on it, um, but if I'm thinking through it, then I wouldn't be surprised to see Seagrass coming for Hart. I don't think that's because Angel have a cup keeper as such, but more to do with the fact that you know Hart did take that knock. Um, if we want to give him slightly more time to recover, then although he'd jump straight back up, but if we're you know being a little bit more sensible about that, then maybe we put Seagrass in against just County and give Hart the break. I'd also probably put Ralston in at right back um, again. Give you a bit of a break, and I do think it's a that sort of game is one that fits Ralston well. Um, there's a bit of debate in my head about what we would do with Starfelt or Jens. Um, I think play both. I think Starfelt and Carter Vickers are going to be. Um, the the key to I think we saw that by Starfelt coming back in. Jens had been doing exceptionally well for me. I thought he'd been playing really, really well, but with Starfelt coming back in against Dundee United, I think that was an indication of Ange wanting Carter Vickers and Starfelt to have more time together before we get into the games like, you know, Rangers and Real Madrid and things like that. If that's in his head that he wants the two of them to play a bit more together, then I think Starfelt stays in for Ross County and um, he's not had a lot of game time this season we know so maybe to get a little bit more game time under his belt then um, we we keep Starfelt in there with Cameron but if it wasn't for that then I think Jens would be a good option so that one for me is up for debate but if I have to come down on it I think we'll see Starfelt again I think Taylor will retain his position at left back um, and in the middle of the park the the change I expect to see is probably more Turnbull coming in Um mm-hmm. Hatati might keep his place, I think, maybe alright. Played very
1: him. well. Played very well and Sunday both did, so it'd yeah. be unfair if any of them do drop out.
2: But then again, it's more about rotation than them being That's dropped, it. I suppose, but they'll all yep. be really wanting to, to prove themselves and this is one of the last chances to do so for some of the, you know, more you know, the bigger games come up, if you like, if we call them that, or, or more difficult games is probably the, the better phrase. And yeah, if Jackie Mackis has recovered from his illness, then I would probably have him in there for Kyogo and give Kyogo a bit of a rest. So on the basis of that, you know, we are probably looking at four, maybe five changes to the squad. Um, But the five subs thing and the, the strength and depth we have means that if anything wasn't going to plan, then there's plenty of opportunity to sort it out with what we'd have available on the bench.
1: Yeah, Um just due to time, but we'll try and probably move on just to the Champions League very quickly. But um, I'm probably in agreement with, with Stevie on this. Get the game won then we can mess a bit with subs. You know, as you touched on there, Natasha, we've got five. We've got strength and depth there. There's no need to, you know, make eight to nine changes. Um, t- tomorrow night, I'm sure Ange is complete focus in this game. Even though we do have the Derby game at the weekend. themselves get the chance to obviously go five points clear with that game. And we're welcoming Real Madrid next week. It'll be one game at a time for, for Ange Postacoglu just now. And he'll be looking at whatever team he sees best fit to probably beat um, Rose County. And it'll be a tough game. Lawrence, it's just the last couple of minutes. Um, obviously, last Thursday, we, we found out our fate in uh, European football. Just quickly from the free year I just want to get your, your take on, on the group. Um, what, what was your thoughts on, on who we were, were drawing against, Lawrence? Well,
4: it's a decent group. Uh, happy Calum gets his wish. Uh, you know, i will be looking at who's gonna be a, a Johnny Doyle and Alan Snedden and George McCluskey this year. When mm-hmm. uh, Real Madrid come calling. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you know we've got them early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm happy with that group I was always kinda of looking to qualify from. it the First or second place, I don't care, you know, but qualification is possible.
1: Yeah, Bill, that's, that's fair enough. Patrick I like, I like come, confidence. Come. Yep, um, I like the confidence too.
3: I'm a big fan of the group, you know, I wanted, uh, I think it was group d the one with uh, Sporting and Tottenham and Frankfurt, that was the one I wanted, but this is probably second best, you know, you've got the big game to kick off, you've then got four games which you think you can pick points up in, and then you've got, you know, Madrid away, this might be an out there opinion, but, you know, I think you said to me, they'll probably qualify but then, they'll probably... Well,
1: I'm hoping that's it. what happens, because I'm going, right. so I, I really hope they've qualified by then. <laughs>
3: So hopefully they're playing a sort of rested side. They're uh, behind bars in the league and they're not paying attention and we can maybe get a at the Bernabeu. But um, no, I think it's good. You get the star team and then you get two teams who you can at least compete against. And our is to at least get European football after the World Cup. Um, I think we should at least be finishing third. Um, if not, maybe stretching for second. I think you know it's between us and Leipzig for second, but definitely European football after Christmas.
1: Yeah, I think, Natasha, you know, you and I watched the group together inside Celtic Park. Um, Saw the draw happen uh, live over there. I thought it was a group that had everything in it. You know, we were waiting to see where we were going to get. We got the Glamour tie and Real Madrid. And then we got what, two teams that you'd probably say were definitely beatable at Celtic Park. Maybe we saw Leipzig come to Glasgow last season and, and ultimately lose. And, you know, but we've played them at Celtic Park before, won the match. And obviously Shakhtar are going through an aerial transition just now, just with everything that's going on in Poland and there is going on in Ukraine, meaning they're going to have to play their games in Poland. Um, so I think it, it gives Celtic a bit of an advantage getting into this. We're in a position of strength, We've obviously added a lot to our squad. And I, I think I, I quite fancy Celtic to hopefully get European football um, after Christmas.
2: Yeah, so Diane, And that's absolutely got to be the aim. And I'm sure it is. There's no reason that we we can't finish seconds in that group. Um, it'll be hard. It's not a, an easy group, but there's never going to be an easy group um, in that draw. But like we were saying, Declan, when we were sitting in that room looking at the way that the draw was unfolding, if we'd had to have chosen, I think we sort of narrowed it down to, you know, maybe two or three that we wanted to go into, and we got one of those. Um, I think it's a, a good mix of having a tie like Real Madrid, which is obviously very exciting. It'll be a great away trip and things like that. Um, but also it has that balance and that, you know, the other two teams in that group, we have to seriously be considering that we should finish above them in the group, which is a good position to be in. I think it's right to say that they were the the bottom, if not bottom two, of, of both of the pots that, that they were in. So that, I mean, that's what you're looking for in terms of a draw. So yeah, I think it's exciting because there's the, exciting on twofold really one that there's going to be some really great ties and some really good games some really good trips and on the other hand it's exciting because there's a real chance of progression and I hope that we we go out there and and really do make our mark this season
1: yeah Um, let's just see how it goes obviously that will kick off next Tuesday Um, we'll be on here but before that game But before then, Premier Sports Cup tie tomorrow against Ross County. Derby game at the weekend. And we'll see where we are uh, come next Tuesday. Um, Thanks to everyone for for joining us in the comments. As always, it's very much appreciated. Um, And we will be covering everything, uh, the build-up tomorrow. And I'm sure that the usual uh, pre-match, post-match reaction will be on. Please do join us. If you have been watching, please do like and subscribe to the channel. Patrick, Lawrence, Natasha thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind